D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Trula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Very, very big Thursday morning. We have a special guest. We have birthday shout outs. We have news with San Diego Loyal. We're going to talk about Christian Pulisic. We're going to talk about the Olympics. There's a lot to cover. Good morning to you, Darren. Yeah, this is different. Normally, we pour uh, some sort of adult beverage as we're recording in the afternoon or the evenings. Jordan and I are both working on our first, maybe our second cups of coffee. It is 7.35 a.m. as we're recording this on a Thursday morning. The U.S. men's national team getting set to play Jamaica a little later on today. We just got a preview here with Joe Prince, right? I don't know exactly how time changes work, all that sort of stuff, Jordan, but this is unprecedented. This is uncharted territory for us here on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Uh, it is. We invite Joe Prince Wright into the podcast right now. He is the lead soccer writer and editor for NBC Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at JPW underscore NBC Sports. I have been following him for years. And I will always recommend him as a follow. He is a fantastic follow for soccer supporters uh, all over, but especially here in the U.S. You get Premier League coverage. You also get coverage of the U.S. men's national team. So there is a lot to discuss. Uh, It's a good morning from us. Good afternoon to you. I think it's 2.30 in the afternoon. Whatever time it is, we appreciate you joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon, lads. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, maybe, you know, we can have an adult beverage in person one of these days, but a virtual one's always good, but it's good to stick to the coffee for now, I think. (laughs) You make your way to San Diego. Uh, We promise an adult beverage. We'll get you into SD Loyal. We tend to have a couple beers on set there. It's a really good, uh, you'll be our special guest. We'll, We'll get you all taken care of the next time you're in San Diego. I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah, um, by the way, you might fit right in real quick here before we get into Polisic in the U.S. men's national team. I, I don't know what our ranking is, Jordan, but uh, we've got three different English players on the squad. We've got Charlie Adams from London. We've got Jack Metcalf, who's from Liverpool, and uh, recently Jack Blake from Nottingham. So we're, we're, we're canvassing uh, all of England, just trying to make sure we appeal to as many people as possible there. There you go. And I'm from Southampton, which is far away enough from those other places. So, yeah, I feel like we got most of England covered there geographically. <laughs> I'm in. We will get to Polistic, but we kind of reference SD Loyal. I'm curious, someone watching soccer, the leagues that you watch, the leagues that you cover, San Diego Loyal, are they on your radar? They are, especially with Landon Donovan being involved. Uh, of course, that always, you know, I've spoken to him, been lucky enough to interview him a bunch of times over the years. And always a great dude, always, you know, very... Um, thoughtful, I think, in interviews out of all the U.S. soccer legends. He's always willing to explain and go deeper, which as a journalist, I really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I've, I've seen highlights. I, obviously, with the time difference, it's tough to watch a lot of games uh, live. But yeah, it's really intriguing to see what's happening uh, in San Diego. And as you mentioned, there a few Brits on, on the roster. So that's always good for me. And it's incredible. Um, you guys know I've spoken about it in the past, but when I first came to the U.S. many years ago um, to play in college, the lower league, you know, second, third division in the U.S. soccer pyramid, just it wasn't anything there, really. There was a few teams. It was very unstable. So it's great to see, um, even below Major League Soccer level, teams like San Diego, Loyalwood, it's very well run, um, very sustainable, have really bright futures. So for me, as an Englishman who kind of come over in, what was it, you know, 2006, that kind of time, 
a lot has changed in the US soccer landscape since then. Um, yeah, not, it, it's really fun for me to see new clubs popping up and like San Diego having a really big impact uh, with a big name leading the way. So yeah, definitely have seen uh, a lot of the play. Yeah, you, you see the growth with USL Championship. You've also seen growth with American players playing in Europe, too. Like, you're seeing more and more American players playing in the leagues. And someone who made news this week, and I do consider it news, I think it's newsworthy what we learned yesterday from Christian Pulisic. You were on the conference call uh, with the U.S. men's national team player and the Chelsea player, Christian Pulisic. Uh, what did we learn yesterday from, uh, from everyone's favorite U.S. men's national team player? We, we learned quite a lot, to be honest. Uh, we learned that he is really up for playing in the Olympics if the U.S. qualify. You know, he did, he did say that if they qualify. And, you know, he also said he doesn't know how that will play out with Chelsea, whether they'll release him for, you know, he'll have to miss a big chunk of preseason if he played in the Olympics and then the start of the, the Premier League season as well if the U.S., as we all assume, will be in the gold medal game if they do make it to Tokyo. Um, so, yeah, that was really interesting. And he also spoke a lot about his, um, you know, his ability to kind of work into the lineup at Chelsea and how he's already had to do that once. Uh, of, of course, he was signed when Maurizio Sarri was the coach. He, he left. Then Frank Lampard came in. And right off the bat, he kind of had to prove himself. And he said he kind of feels like it's the same situation now at Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel. He's having to fight for minutes. He's kind of been in and out of the team. And you got the sense that he's really looking forward to playing for the USA just to get a couple of 90-minute uh, spells under his belt and kind of kick on with a big end of the season with Chelsea, with Champions League, top four, FA Cup. I feel like he's, he's getting there, you know, with his sharpness and his fitness. And, uh, yeah, he was very revealing, Christian, because sometimes when you speak to him, he's uh, a very quiet, um, very laid-back uh, personality. But... He seems to really be coming out of his shell in recent months. Yeah, it's interesting. Jordan obviously follows Chelsea Football Club much closer than I, Joe. And, and I have said here on the podcast, I, I'm, I don't object to Christian having to prove himself to a new manager unless you know the scenario is that he's being singled out or treated differently than everybody else. And when you bring in a new manager, I think you know everybody then has to almost start from square one. So, so when it comes to Thomas Tuchel as somebody who follows it there every single day, every day, is, is Christian being treated differently, any, any differently than any of his other Chelsea teammates in this situation? The only thing I would say, I've actually spoken to Thomas Tuchel about this a few times in, in video press conferences um, since he arrived. And, and he said, actually, Pulisic's been a bit unlucky because I know him from my time at Dortmund. I know what he's capable of. And I think for the first few weeks, he was almost put him to one side. He's like, I know what you can do, Christian. I'm going to give the other players in the Chelsea squad more minutes to show me what they can do. So from that perspective, it was a little bit uh, disappointing for Christian Pulisic, I think. Um, and then he had some injuries and some other reasons for being out of the lineup. And then he, when he's come in, the problem, guys, is that now Thomas Tuchel is playing this 3-4-2-1 formation with narrow attacking players. And we all know that Christian Pulisic is at his best when he's, for me, playing on the left, starting out on the left and drifting inside. And now he's going to have to play in one of those two central attacking roles. And I don't think that really is his best position, at least right now. And, you know, Chelsea have even used him in a wing-back position. So... To answer your question, I don't think he's been treated any differently. Um, I think the fact that he knows Thomas Tuchel so well has probably gone against him slightly in a weird way when we all thought it, it would be a great thing that he'd 
known Pulisic for a long time at Dortmund, gave him his chance in the pro game. But long term, you know, a lot of things can change. But he's been unlucky that Chelsea have been on fire uh, since Tuchel's come in as well. So uh, I think patience is the key word of Pulisic. And I don't think anyone around US soccer and Chelsea uh, are really renowned for their patience over the years. <laughs> yes, so much so that I'm going to I appreciate you, you preaching patience. Let me completely put that off to the side because we already have American soccer journalists, Joe, who are suggesting that maybe Pulisic look around a little bit and, and though not to lose focus on what's right in front of him, right? Making sure that Chelsea still alive in the FA Cup, still alive for a top four finish, but maybe the, uh, it's not the worst thing to start thinking about a future away from Chelsea. Your opinion, premature to start that, that thought process, not out loud, but premature or maybe validated? A little bit. I'd say get to the summer, get to the summer, see how the last few months play out, uh, how many minutes he gets, um, what he's feeling. You know, I got the sense from the press conference recently that he feels very confident in his own ability. He talked about, you know, I don't have to prove people wrong. I just have to prove myself right. I know I'm good enough to be a star at Chelsea and in the Premier League. He did it in Project Restart. It was phenomenal up until he had that hamstring injury in the summer in the FA Cup final, which is really unfortunate. But, um, yeah, I would just kind of hold, hold your horses a little bit. I, I think it would be great to see him play regularly. He needs that now. He's not a young kid now. He's not 17, 18. He's going to be 23 in September. So he needs to be playing week in, week out. And he can do that uh, in the Premier League. But if it's not a Chelsea, I don't see them selling him to Manchester United or, or Liverpool or a direct rival for a top four spot. I don't see that. So... It will be interesting. He'll have a lot of takers. And I think that's what, where his com confidence comes from. Uh, a lot of teams around Europe, the big boys, I'd look at clubs like Juventus, um, you know, Bayern Munich, maybe even going back to Dortmund. Who knows, maybe a PSG. Some, clubs like that will be lining up to sign Christian Pulisic. So he's in a very good situation, but he needs to play regularly now at Chelsea to see him having a future because Thomas Tuchel, the way he started... He's not going anywhere, is he? He's going to be there at least for next season. So uh, it's going to be an interesting summer for Christian Pulisic. And that probably works out well for the USA as well, you know, with the, the Gold Cup and, uh, you know, uh, Nations League. And then just in these friendlies, he's got something to prove now and almost put himself in the shop window if he's not going to be at Chelsea. I think the thing that Darren and I were chatting about for a while is it was a really bad time. Like the timing was really bad for Pulisic to be unavailable. Well, Chelsea bring in a new manager, they start to take off a little bit. And Pulisic is, he's hurt, he's unavailable for one match. The timing, I feel, really worked against him. So now looking forward, uh, he says that he would be interested in playing in the Olympics for the U.S. if they qualify. As a U.S. fan, that excites me. But as a Chelsea fan, I also am a little conflicted. What does that mean? Is that a big deal for someone who is trying to work his way back into a lineup? Does it make sense for him to miss some preseason matches? It's a really interesting dilemma, isn't it? It's kind of for him, if he doesn't see his future at Chelsea leading into the summer, then it's probably an easier decision. He's like, well, I'm not going to really be playing for Chelsea anyway. If I'm on the bench or if I have the option to lead the US towards an Olympic medal uh, and Olympic glory, then probably do that because the transfer window will still be open for a few weeks after the Olympics are over. So he could then move on on loan or permanently somewhere else. So it all just depends, Jordan, on his situation uh, over the summer, how he finishes the season. And it kind of the noises from Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, because, again, he said he'd love to keep him. 
but that's not really his decision. And from a recruitment policy, if you're Chelsea, you have a player who isn't even in his prime yet, has ripped it up uh, in stages in the Premier League. So it's very valuable still. And if they want to give Thomas Tuchel some money to spend to bring in a couple of new defenders, which they could need, uh, and maybe a, a striker as well, which you know maybe they do need a more clinical forward, then Pulisic is probably one of the players who you, would fetch you a very sizable transfer fee. So for him, it's, it's just about weighing up the pros and cons, really. What am I going to gain from going to the Olympics versus what we're going to lose at Chelsea? And uh, right now, if I was him, I'd, I'd probably go all in on the Olympics because I don't think a situation at Chelsea is going to change that much between now and August. It's not a big deal that he's not part of the quali- qualification process. Again, this is before the U.S. even, I mean, they, they may not even qualify. This may not even be a conversation here pretty soon at all. Hey, um, hey, hey. It's, it's happened before, Darren. <laughs> I, I don't know. What was, let, let's talk about the Olympics. I know we're running out of time here. We're, we are one match away um, from that qualification, coming off a, a loss to Mexico last night in, a, I think, a meaningless match. Uh, Darren said it was a very, very important match. We'll talk about that later. Your takeaway so far with how close the U.S. are to qualifying and what it would mean for them to get to Tokyo. It would be huge. It would be huge, I think, for this young group of players, but not just the players that are in qualifying now. We talked about Pulisic, Eunice Moose has come out and said, I love to play at the Olympics. And I think you'd see guys like Zach Steffen and, you know, maybe McKenney and Adams and others who are eligible that are playing at big clubs in Europe, Gio Reyna, I think a lot of those players would see this as a great opportunity to win something and have a huge impact uh, on a bigger market that perhaps doesn't watch the U.S. men's national team uh, whenever they're playing. So, yeah, it's the qualifying. Uh, it's been a little bit up and down. I think it's fair to say uh, it's tough because Jason Christ has done a good job. He, you know, his teams play good, attractive football, but he's kind of had to just adjust on the fly with different players being available. Um, a lot of them coming in from not having a preseason yet with their MLS teams or a very small preseason. So, uh, and you're going up against a team like Mexico that had a lot of their probably first choice guys who will be playing at the Olympics if they make it, as it looks like they will. So, yeah, I'm a little bit wary heading into the semi final, though. I mean, coming up, Canada's been okay and Honduras, and it's, it's going to be touch and go, I think, in that semi final, just considering the odds. Uh, in some ways are stacked against the U.S. with a lot of their player pools still finding their feet and kind of in that preseason mode. But if they do make it to Tokyo, then I think they can do really well with some of these bigger name players kind of, you know, lining up and saying, I'd love to play at an Olympic Games for the USA. Wow, Joe, that's better than my second cup of coffee to hear you mention Yunus Musa and Gio Reyna and Weston McKenney, I, I mean, we had uh, it, here yesterday, Jordan and myself just texting back and forth when, when Christian said what he said during his press conference, to think about all of those players on that stage in the Olympics, a tournament we haven't even qualified for here in the States since 2008. Like, that just, uh, th- th- I can't even describe how exciting that would be. Yeah, I mean, we don't even need a, a beer for that, right, either. Coffee, <laughs> beer, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> That's very exciting. So uh, I'm excited just thinking about it. I, mean, I really am as well. So... Uh, from a, a media perspective, I think that would be incredible for this young U.S. team. Yeah, Joe, we, uh, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We're going to enjoy the rest of our coffee. We appreciate you uh, hanging out here on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast once again. Thanks for having me, lads. It's a pleasure as always, and I look forward to joining you for a coffee or a beer very soon. Yes, we'll see you at Torero Stadium for an SD Loyal match. Lovely. 
All right, Darren, there he is. Joe Prince Wright, the lead soccer writer and editor for NBC Sports. Give him a follow on Twitter at JPW underscore NBC Sports. Covers the Premier League, covers the U.S. men's national team. He is involved in these conference calls, um, and he was prepared to ask the heavy questions to Christian Pulisic this week uh, to figure out what his plans were for this upcoming summer. I'm glad those questions were asked. We learned a little bit about Christian Pulisic and his intentions, and uh, another very good appearance from Joe Prince Wright. Well, Jordan, I, I hate to say this. I hate to, to sound like my glass is half empty here, but uh, it's all downhill from here today. I don't know. <laughs> I only have two radio shows and an HOA board meeting today, but I, I don't know that it's going to get any better than what we've already done, which is have a conversation with Joe Prince Wright, who's at his home, who I believe lives in London. You and I here doing what we do. I that, like where where how do we get better than that? Like this unprecedented moment on this podcast where you and I are up early here speaking with Joe in you know, in London on the day that we're watching the U.S. men's national team. And I got to get much better than that. So I don't know. Maybe I should just go back to bed. Yeah, it's a brilliant start to the morning. It is. Is it just coffee in your cup this morning? I guess I don't want to assume anything, but just coffee, just coffee. All By right. the way, can we send Joe some uh, some loyal gear? And by us, I mean, anybody with SD loyal listening that wants to send Joe some loyal gear. I mean, let's get the man a, a care package here. I know there's you know, overseas shipping that we got to worry about, but we need to, uh, we need to hook our man up. Darren, I will say this, like Joe and I, we text from time to time, we go back and forth and uh, he did not just have some information ready for San Diego loyal. Cause he knew he was coming on the unnamed soccer podcast. That is, he is very much aware of what is happening with SD loyal. I do not, I fill him in on a few things. He asks a few questions, but he is definitely uh, following along what is happening here in USL championship specifically with SD loyal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that's exciting. Was, Someone who, do you think he was as excited as Jack Blake was when he found out that they would be opening the season April 30th at Phoenix Rising? Was he fucking buzzing the way Jack Blake was? I think he was fucking buzzing. I think uh, he should be. I wonder if he's going to wake up live for that one. We are asked to do some certain things here on the West Coast. In San Diego, sometimes you're up at 4 a.m. to watch some of these matches. So is it too much of an ask maybe for Joe Prince Wright to tune into a live pregame show and post-match show for San Diego Loyal in that opener. Although it may be 3 a.m., 4 a.m., we're not great at math, and we don't know when like daylight savings switches again. So I have no idea what time it's going to be, but I think we could get Joe Prince right. Who knows? Maybe he could even join a pregame show live. How about that? I love that. I mean, how do you like opening up at Phoenix, by the way? I mean, it, love it. couldn't it have been anybody else? Like, is that... Is that not the best place for SD Loyal to open this year? It feels like we're picking up exactly where we left off, doesn't it? Because you saw yes. so much of Phoenix at the end of the season. Uh, the schedule was so backloaded against Rising that you saw him a few times, two in the final three weeks, I believe. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think it was two in the final three. A couple of midweek matches involved there, too. So that, that two-week period was actually even shorter, probably. And you pick right back up against them. It's where you start. It's very exciting stuff. We're getting a small little drips, like just little, like the faucet is, it's on. The USL faucet, it's on, but it's hardly on. We got, we got the opener, we got the home opener. So we know when we're starting the season and we know when we're finally going to see him at Torero Stadium. A little bit of a gap in between there. That's notable. Yeah, April 30th, away at Phoenix Rising, opening up the season. That game uh, match going to be on ESPN2. And then May 29th, the home opener against Vegas, baby, Vegas. 
So that one at Torero Stadium, as you and I know now, we're in a position where we actually are going to have supporters in the stands. So that's super exciting for the locals, super exciting for Chavos de Loyal. So looking forward to that. You and I, you know, we were there and, and it didn't feel the same, obviously. But uh, now that we're in a position where we can actually expect to see some level of capacity, 20 percent, 30 percent, who knows what it's going to be by then. As far as the rest of the schedule, Jordan, it sounds like it's going to come out next Monday or Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that where the complete schedule it's it's been done. But there's just a couple of tweaks and changes and everybody's just cross checking making sure that their facility isn't being used for a concert or something like that. So the, the schedule is mostly done, but what was released now, Phoenix rising April 30th, super stoked about that home opener a little bit later, gosh, a month later, May 29th. And part of that also is Torero stadium having to share a facility with USD, just making sure that USD is through whatever it is that it needs the facility for. So uh, the schedule will have a lot of home matches in the, in the chunk of the season, in the middle of the season there while nobody's on campus. So, you know, some of this is just safety protocol measures, things along those lines. But uh, yeah, super stoked for that. Like even just seeing the players. And as you said, picking up where the season left off, hopefully that also includes kicking the shit out of Phoenix rising up and down the field the way we watched Loyal doing that night before uh, the match ended there and SD Loyal forfeited. Uh, what better way to open up that new stadium? Here's your brand new stadium, Phoenix. Welcome to your new home. Bam! That's what you're going to remember. You're going to keep that ticket forever. You're going to frame it if you're a Phoenix fan. You're also going to frame it if you're a San Diego fan and you could potentially make that trip and see a victory. I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't know. Are people going to make the trip? I was just going to say that. I, I have full expectation that, yeah, like people are going to make that trip. Now, you know, I know everybody's in a different position and I don't want to be presumptive here, especially while people are waiting to get vaccinated and what have you. But, you know, from that standpoint, Jordan, I can't imagine that people aren't going to be making that trip. People know how to get to Phoenix, although this is Chandler, which is different. But that said, like, yeah, I, I, I would expect that we're going to see some loyal supporters out there. Um, this weekend, Darren, 1904 against San Diego Loyal. We get the San Diego Derby. This is very exciting. First time that we'll see SD Loyal against 1904. There was a time where you thought potentially you could play 1904 in the open and it could be one of your early opponents in the open cup so the fact that you haven't played them yet although in a normal circumstance you very much likely would have played them by now we finally get to see it for the first time 1904 against san diego loyal preseason match a meaningless match just like usa and mexico from uh, wednesday night but exciting to see the two local clubs yeah and, you know I, unfortunately there's no uh you know no stream of it no broadcast of it um yeah i know we've tinkered with some ideas of going down to the Olympic training center and see if we couldn't bring something to everybody, but who knows, stay tuned on that front. But yeah, I think it's just exciting because we've never had something like this before. You know, we've just never had the two local clubs here operating at their highest levels that we've seen face off against one another. So, you know, the beginning of something, I would certainly hope so. Uh, even thinking about some of the people who were involved with, either club thinking about Eden Hazard and Demba Ba and Landon Donovan. And, you know, you're hearing more and more all the time about SD loyal, bringing people into the mix. I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, it's pretty exciting to think about that. It's precedent setting, you know, I, hopefully this is, I think if you're a local supporter, like this is what you want. You want to see the two clubs here in San Diego. And obviously if you can figure out a way to incorporate Tijuana into the mix, like you want to see, you know, people with, with local passions, 
squaring off against one another. So I think it's really exciting. You know, I know that, that like I said, it's not a U.S. Open Cup, but uh, it, it is history. It's a San Diego Derby. And you know, what could be better than that, given how long we've all waited here to watch stuff like this? Yeah, um, obviously it won't be the, the circumstance this weekend, but there will be a moment in the future where these two clubs play each other in a stadium yep. where fans can be inside. How often is it that you will have an opponent come into your stadium and you kind of look forward to their supporters group coming in and filling a certain section? You know how the away section and every single stadium get a certain allotment of tickets. Uh, how often would it be you're like you're actually that's a very welcoming crowd. Let's bring in 1904. That's a kind of a beautiful picture to start to paint when you think of it. Take just kind of a, an aerial shot of the stadium with the two San Diego teams playing each other, the locals, Chavos de Loyal, everyone else packing out Torero Stadium. And then you have the 1904 supporters in a certain section as well. It's a it's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful image to kind of think about in the future. It won't happen this weekend, obviously. Um, doors are closed. It's a preseason match. But we are going to have that moment in the future, which is very cool. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I even think about what it's been like here on the local college basketball scene. You know, when San Diego State goes and plays at USD and you see a certain section that's filled with red and black. And then when they play over at B.A. House Arena, like, I love that stuff. And, and, you know, obviously taking that to the next level here with local soccer supporters is just going to be even better, in my opinion. Thinking about the singing, the chanting, the flag waving, the smoke, who knows what else gets snuck into some of these facilities. Of course, not that we endorse that, but we do endorse that. So, you know, like just thinking about that whole, you know, that that whole vibe here that, it, it, you know, that's one step closer to a reality, I think is super exciting for us. I'm going to go on to the Olympic qualifying here. I have a question about the stadium, San Diego State Stadium uh, being built in Mission Valley. Do you know, and I was going to ask Darren this before the podcast, and I said, screw it, Darren, I'm just going to ask you on the pod. So everyone, welcome into our conversation. When is the stadium supposed to open? Uh, as San Diego State Stadium, Mission Valley, uh, mm -hmm. it's supposed to open. It's expected to be ready uh, sometime in the summer of 2022. Summer 2022. Yeah. So it's so ready it, for the college football be, season. Yeah, it'll be ready for the 2022 college football season. But I don't know that they'll be, you know, tightening the bolts and twisting the screws there right up until kickoff. I think that it's expected that it, it might be ready to host some events before college football 2022. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Darren, I am not reporting anything at all. Don't confuse me. People sometimes confuse us as like beat writers or something, no. like reporters for the team. Like what? you cannot be more off. Like that is not what we are at all. I'm looking at the World Cup qualifying schedule. And it's something I sent you earlier this week. We're kind of just trying to figure out all these different schedules. And you look at it, World Cup qualifying starting in September this year, it runs all the way to March 2022. I don't know if March is too early in 2022. It may be. That new stadium could be hosting a World Cup qualifier next year. Um, and not only could be, like, I don't, I don't know. I just... I heard some things this week. And again, I'm not like reporting anything. There's absolutely nothing to report. I just want to have a conversation with you. I guess I'm curious, is that stadium going to be ready in time to potentially host a World Cup qualifier? Uh, I think that would be incredibly optimistic. But, okay. you know, hey, that's that's not a bad carrot to dangle in front of San Diego State. Now, you can only do so much. You can't ask these people to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But, you know, that's a nice carrot to dangle. If you say, hey, listen, this is this is a good incentive for us. The only problem is you usually have to schedule those things so far out that if you can't guarantee that you're going to be ready by a certain date, then you know how likely is CONCACAF going to commit to you and your facility if it's not done, right? And then 
not only does it have to be done, but it has to be tested. You got to go flush all the toilets and do all that sort of stuff and make sure that the lights work and make sure that your field is adequate and all that sort of thing. So, you know, there is a little bit of trial and error, but, you know, it's also CONCACAF, so who knows what they're capable of. And, I mean, think about it. If if you want to have a few events in a stadium as you prepare for college football to open up, you want it to be right for that first week, don't you? You're going to want a few opportunities. You want a couple trial runs in that stadium yep. with other events, I'm sure. I don't like, I don't know. This is just me thinking out loud. Potentially, if the timeline does fit itself to hosting a World Cup qualifier, I think that'd be very cool. Yeah, I, mean, I also can tell you, doing the radio show over the last couple of weeks, uh, totally independent and, and not set up at all. We've had Warren Smith on, president of Loyal, and we've had J.D. Wicker on, John David Wicker, the athletic director at San Diego State. And while talking about the stadium, not asking one of them about the other, each brought the other person's name up. And Loyal said, hey, we know that they're on track to open up a stadium, maybe summer of 2022. Cool. Like, plant that seed. Let's see if something grows. That's what Warren Smith was doing. And he had said, and J.D. Wicker said, that they have been speaking to one another about a potential partnership. So if it's not a World Cup qualifier, Jordan, it certainly seems like maybe summer of 2022, we, we could be talking about who knows. But both of them have, have referenced one another without being asked, which I found very, very interesting. Again, I don't know that I believe in coincidences and I don't want to get too far ahead, but that's what they both said on radio, like on the record. So I'd, I'd like to see where that goes. And, you know, certainly with some of those MLS rumors that are still floating around, it could be a, a potential venue that could be used in some capacity for for who knows how long. So I, I think there's a lot to, to look forward to. Even with the World Cup, let's get like super far ahead of ourselves, 2026. Don't tell me, now, they're not going to use it as a facility for World Cup matches, but you're going to tell me that we're going to have all of these, uh, all of these teams travel from all over the world, right? They're going to come, they're going to want to set up shop. They're going to want to have training someplace. Of course, they're going to be playing matches there at, at SDSU West. So, you know, like that's going to feature for soccer fans, whether people like it or not. We know that there might still be some bitter feelings, but like there, that thing is going to feature for soccer here over the next couple of years. There's no doubt about it on a local level and on an international level. There's, there's yeah. no real way around that. And, and that's a good thing, I think. Uh, yeah, that stadium is a good thing for San Diego when you want World Cup qualifiers coming in. You want big soccer events international event exactly what i think potential timeline is going to work out but the idea was at least floated my way this week that that stadium could be hosting a world cup qualifier in 2022 how about an olympic qualifier maybe we can get one of those i'll take a u.s open qualifier at this point i'll take anything give me something darren we, we put a video out on instagram do you want to promote this you and i went back and forth uh we were talking about speaking of the olympics the u.s under 23 side uh they had a match against mexico wednesday night it was a meaningless match. It did not impact really anything at all. They're now preparing as they wrap up group play to play in the semis. And if you make it to the final, you don't have to win the final. But if you just make it, if you're one of the two teams playing in the final here, you qualify for the Olympics in Tokyo. So the U.S. don't need to win at all. They just need to win their next match to get into that final. And then whatever happens in that final, does the final become meaningless too? I think so, Darren. I think that final might be meaningless. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we did put that on Instagram. Check it out if you missed it. It's a quick little video. We're having some fun. Um, we've been somewhat dormant on Instagram during the offseason, but now that the season is upon us, we are waking back up. Yeah, this was uh, uh, not the uh, prettiest match I've ever seen in my life as Mexico 
uh, goal to none against the U.S. youth national team here at the end of 23s. To your point, Jordan, I think you're right. I mean, if you're going to put it on the table in front of me and say, you're going to lose your final match in group play and you're going to lose the final. But in the meanwhile, you're going to win your semifinal match against either Honduras or Canada coming up on Sunday at 3 p.m., which means that you go to the Olympics. Where do I sign for that? Right. Like, so from that standpoint, I, I know I'm going against my own argument because, yeah, you feel it. And like you could feel it on the broadcast. Like it mattered. There was great energy, limited capacity, the stadium in Guadalajara, lots of whistling, booing. There was good energy and vibe and Stu Holden, the announcers did a good job trying to describe like this was this was important, but it was probably the most important, unimportant match that you could play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's important because it's your rivalry. And to me, rivalries are the lifeblood of sports. But as I said, you can lose against Mexico. You can lose in the final, but you can still qualify for the Olympics. And if you put that exact scenario on a piece of paper and say, would you rather beat Mexico twice? and lose the semifinal, which can't really happen. But you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody would sign up for that. Like, you sign up, you went there to go to the Olympics. So winning on Sunday, 3 o'clock on Fox Sports 1 against either Canada or Honduras is really all that matters. But, man, the juices were flowing a little bit. Unfortunately, the U.S. just played a really, really lousy match, and our guy Sebastian Soto, unfortunately, had a huge error, which directly led to a goal for Mexico, and, and that was that. Now – both sides kept players out when they were sitting on yellow cards. So that tells you a little bit about how the match was managed. But uh, all in all, Jordan, it was, uh, you know, a bit disappointing. Got the competitive juices flowing. But to your point, uh, Saturday Sunday is what matters at 3 p.m. Um, a message to Sebastian Soto. We love you forever and ever. And whatever you need, we will do it. I will send him a burrito from Sessi's today, if that's what it takes. Whatever you need, Sebastian Soto. We love you forever and ever. We will qualify for the Olympics this weekend. Um, I look forward to it. I just really wasn't looking forward to the match last night. Did you see our guy Eric Gomez on Twitter last night? No, I I was doing SDSU against UCLA last night. So you know that uh, that meme that floats around on Twitter of the one seemingly drunk dude like screaming in the woman's ear and she has this deadpan face like she's just not interested in what it is that he's saying. You know that meme that's floating around? Uh, yeah, it's basically any moment in Pacific Beach. Yeah. So, you know, and she's just got this look like she couldn't give two shits, whatever it was that this fellow is screaming into her ear in a crowded bar. Eric Gomez uses that. Like picture. I said, PB. <laughs> Eric Gomez uses that picture. And writes, it honestly doesn't even matter that we lost to Mexico tonight. This is our C team, maybe our D team, to be honest. Making the Olympics was always the main goal. Plus, we have so much talent in the pipeline. L3 is going to be so so sorry in 2023. By the way, do you even know who Yunus Musa is? (laughs) It was just... It's so good. I actually had to retweet it, even though I was pretty bummed out that the U.S. played. I thought they played poorly. Other people thought that there there were some good individual performances, but all in all, I, I it it wasn't good enough, and it wasn't the kind of performance that you really wanted to see heading into the most important match of the whole tournament. Yeah, what I said yesterday on the video is like the only news that was going to come out of this one potentially is bad news. Like you're yeah. just hoping everyone stays healthy, you get through it, and you. Everything goes into this weekend and qualifying for the Olympics. Now we push all yep. those tips in. We were a little hesitant last night, and rightfully so. But this weekend, you got to go all in. 
Yeah, and and the only news really was an injury, you know, that the Mexican keeper ended up having to leave the match. So, you know, I always say, like, I'm a fan of sports before I'm a fan of any individual team or our national team. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, nobody wants to see that sort of stuff. But, no. hey, uh, I mean, who would of, you rather be right there? Of... Would you rather be the U.S. with a loss or would you rather be Mexico winning that specific match, but you're dealt an injury? I'd rather be the U.S. in that situation. Wow. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it really is. It's a great question. I mean, hopefully he's not hurt too badly. They just took him out for precautionary reasons. It didn't right. look good. And he had his arm sort of got twisted around, but mm. uh, that we'll have to play. I don't, you know, I have watched a little bit. We'll see today whether it's Honduras or Canada, but uh, like I said, it, it's going to have to be better than that in an all important match. So, you know, hopefully get a clunker out of the way here and, you know, build on whatever solid performances you've had. It's And Joe brought it up earlier. Right? It's been tough. Everybody's in preseason mode. People haven't played a competitive match in a year. So, you know, it's been it's been hard for, for Christ to try to figure out what the right combinations are here, even though he's been down there for about three weeks. So it's all about Sunday at this point, though, Jordan, all about Sunday. Yeah, I will change my tune this weekend, Darren. I will be all in on that one. That one matters a lot. That one means everything. Um, good stuff from Joe Prince Wright talking about Christian Pulisic and the U.S. men's national team. Uh, talked a little San Diego, just the local scene with 1904, SD Loyal playing this weekend. The idea potentially of hosting a World Cup qualifier in 2022. I think that's a really cool idea. The U.S. men's national team, a couple of friendlies coming up, uh, Jamaica and Northern Ireland on the schedule. And uh, obviously we brought up the Olympic qualifying. We have a couple other notes as we wrap it up. Um, we've seen the FA Cup draw. We've seen the Champions League draw. And uh, Darren, this is old news, but it's new. it was news to me. I'll bring it up just in case anyone else has missed it. Um, Ted Lasso was renewed for season three. Season two already in production. Uh, season three already signed up for. So I think that's good news. Um, it, it, the news broke, like, I think in December. So I am very much behind. I just missed it, and I wanted to promote it. So there you go. Ted Lasso renewed for season three. I'm, I'm really behind because I was unaware that it got greenlit for season two. So <laughs> yeah, in production, that's tremendous news uh, on its way to winning uh, more Emmy awards, which is always a good thing. And it also means that we all have to figure out a way to manage our Apple TV plus subscription service. Right. Isn't that where it is? So I got to figure out a way to renew that. I'll have to go buy a new iPad so I can get it free for a year. <laughs> get the extra year. Uh, Champions League draw is out. I don't think we brought this up since our most recent podcast. Did we, did we bring up the Champions League draw earlier this week? I don't think we did. Real Madrid get Liverpool, Chelsea against Porto. And then my other two are mixed up there. Uh, City Dortmund and Bayern PSG. So we got a rematch of the final from last year. That's we get right. a rematch of the final from a couple of years back with uh, Liverpool and Madrid. That was three seasons back. So we got a couple of recent rematches here. Chelsea Porto. I'm, I would imagine that you're pretty stoked about that one. Although, you know, we did watch Porto take down Juventus uh, city Dortmund. Obviously that <laughs> it's just incredible to think about Pep against a club that he used to face in, in league and Erling Haaland and everything that he's been able to do. And, and is this it? Like, could this be it for him? And, and who knows what his future is? I, I certainly know I pay close attention to that as somebody who would love to see him in the Blaugrana. So, yeah, I, I think they're all pretty tasty. You know, I don't know that you can really go wrong here. If I were PSG, I really wouldn't be thrilled about having to see Bayern. But, um, you know, that, that said, like, there's, you know, and Madrid and Liverpool might not be the highest quality, but, there are incredible storylines there, especially if Sergio Ramos is capable of playing here just uh, on April 6th, that one kicks off. So, you know, there's, there's just compelling reasons to watch all four of them. And I say that as somebody who doesn't even have a dog in this fight. 
Yeah, and we are at that stage of the tournament where these are going to be very, very good no matter what. The, the sides, um, Chelsea Porto will take on the winner of Madrid Liverpool. So, Darren, you could have an all English final potentially still. You could have a final that does not include a single English side. Um, you have all the options on the table. It could be zero, it could be one, it could be two. Um, but the way it's set up, Bayern against PSG, the winner of that one will take on the winner of City and Dortmund. So not only did we find out where we are at this point, we also know who the, uh, we don't have to go through waking up at 4 a.m. to see draw and all that fun stuff. We already know. Yeah, I saw Grant Wall getting roughed up on Twitter because he, he suggested that, you know, you, you should seed these. That way, you know, the two best, at least in his opinion, the two best clubs are Manchester City and Bayern that you should see this so that they only can meet in the final. And God, he got, he just got murdered on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, like, everybody's like, who are you? Like, shut up. Like, this is the NCAA tournament. I actually felt bad for Grant. He was just saying, like, wouldn't it be great if the two best teams met in the final? And, and I don't agree with that. But, man, he got just slaughtered out there. People were not having that take at all. Yeah, people aren't supportive on Twitter all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, that one, he actually had to come back and be like, I can't believe I got so beat up on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, Grant, what are you talking about, man? Like, is this your first day on that app? I mean, that mm -hmm. app's like that every minute of every day. Yeah. But seriously, what a stupid idea. <laughs> it's, it's one of the worst. I mean, who, like, like that takes away everything. Why are you making it harder for clubs? I mean, part of the charm of it is that, you know, it, it's unpredictable. Yeah. We have a Darren. portal who's here. I have an idea. How about Champions League? Real Madrid just play Bayern Munich every year. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why don't we? Why don't we just fix this so that it's much easier for everybody? Hey, sorry that PSG and Bayern and City are on the same side, but you know that's the way it goes. It's called a random draw for a reason, and yeah, that's and the with, beauty of it. What's with Grant Wall undervaluing Chelsea? Did he not read five thirty eight saying they're the third best team in the world? Apparently not. Super. Apparently not. Uh, Darren, I had a lot of fun. Enjoy the rest of your day. Like you said, it's all downhill from here. It's all downhill. I want to turn this just now into an eight-hour podcast so I don't have to talk about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I wouldn't want to talk about that either. Um, I, I am all for just making more and more coffee. So if you change your mind, I am here for you. I will chat some right. for the rest of the day. All right. Uh, hey, by the way, everybody, if you're still listening here, just uh, unnamedsoccerpod.com. Just See what that does for you. Unnamedsoccerpod.com.